Today, I want to talk about what happens when we eat foods that harm us. What happens when we eat foods that cause inflammation in our body? What happens when we feel emotions that cause inflammation in our body? by now I'm into the, the digestive realm this is like where I focus a lot of my time and energy even though a lot of diseases are based on inflammation I'm gonna focus specifically on digestive troubles from inflammation so inflammation is medically defined as heat pain swelling the loss of function and there's one more that I'm missing so inflammation is like a rupture in our system and inflammation normally happens in our system as a healing process unless it's created from the foods that we're eating and the emotions that we're feeling. So inflammation in some respect is healthy and normal and part of our body's healing process unless we're constant inducing it with foods and emotions that cause inflammation. So what are inflammatory foods? What kinds of foods cause inflammation? They're man-made foods. So they're your alcohol, your flour, your sugar, your processed meats, and your trans fats. All these five are the really big main culprits that cause inflammation, which is a problem, right? And it's what most people are eating most of the time. So most of us are living on an inflammatory diet. So when my clients come to me and we generally like look at the emotions first because this is generally the big, the big first chunk, the stress levels, where are all of these inflammatory emotions coming from, which I'm gonna get into. But the inflammatory food part is really important for us to address at some point. And part of this is going into questioning what is normal because we all believe that we should be able to eat what everyone else is eating and everyone else is eating inflammatory foods. But with my digestive people, there's a big motivation to make changes because when your digestion is a mess and you're in pain, your life is limited. Our lives are limited. It's not fun. I've been there way too many times. At some point, we get into what is an anti-inflammatory diet. So it's two parts. One is eliminating or greatly reducing the inflammatory foods. And then the other part is bringing in the foods that heal and nourish and support our body in healing that actually help our body recover. So step one, not consuming the inflammatory provokers. And then two is eating foods that really support the body in its healing process. So some of the main healing foods are actually oils. And I just can't help but not touch on trans fats. Trans fats are like one of the worst things that we have ever invented for our bodies to consume. And unfortunately, they're still rampant in the market. And I'm talking about all of the processed man-made oils. I'm gonna take out the word processed, all of the man-made oils. So we got vegetable oil, canola oil, uh, margarines, all of these that are not from a plant or an animal. 
oils are still processed in order to get them into a bottle and to get on our shelf and to consume, there is still some level of processing. I talked last week about low processed and high processed. So even olive oil, we're, you're, we're processing the olives to get the oil out and we're putting it in a bottle. But the trick is, is that you want it to come from one source. Like vegetable oil comes from like many different, it's really, really bad. Vegetable oil is just something you really want to stay away from. I will probably do another in-depth thing on oil because it's one of my big passions. <laughs> okay, so when we go for an anti-inflammatory diet, one of the big things is consuming enough oils. So we're talking about coconut oil, ghee, fish oil, olive oil, all of these oils that are from directly from one plant or one animal. And it's really important that they're organic because oils are one of the main places and in our fat in our body and in animals' fats on their body is where toxins are stored. Whenever we intake too many toxins and our body can't process it and deal with it, what it does is it stores it in our fat. So it's the same thing with animals. If animals are eating pesticides and chemicals and they're being given antibiotics, it's stored in their fat. So you wanna be really mindful of what kind of oils you're eating. And even to that regard, what kind of meats you're eating because toxins are stored in our tissues. So when we eat an animal that has toxins, we're eating the toxins. Anti-inflammatory diet. Oils, oils are really, really important. Oils are the buffer that help our body function and, and oils and proteins are really where our body really needs to build our brain functioning and heal things and extremely important. The other really important piece is fruits and vegetables. We need lots of fruits and vegetables. We need lots of fiber. We need all of the vitamins and minerals that come from fruits and vegetables. Again, it's important to have it organic because there's way more vitamins and minerals in organic food. And there's also, I'm not gonna say none, unfortunately, but there's far less chemicals, far less pesticides. So you really wanna eat organic food, plants and animals. A lot of people identify the anti-inflammatory diet with the Mediterranean diet. So if you wanna look up that, that's pretty close. It's olive oil, meats, uh, vegetables, fruits, fishes. This is a really, really healthy diet, anti-inflammatory diet. And then that is kind of, in my opinion, and all of the digestive work that I've done, this is kind of the, should be the foundation of our diets, how we eat. Sometimes people come into me and I've also been there myself where inflammation is quite, uh, out of balance and quite extreme and sometimes we have to cut even more foods out for a period of time to help the body get out of the inflammatory kind of like chronic uh, place so when that's the case then we take out even more foods we take out grains we take out even nightshades sometimes tomatoes and eggplant and such can cause inflammation in the body when the body is really out of whack and sensitive but Eventually, most people can go back to eating whole grains and nightshades and stuff. I wanna talk about the uniqueness of our bodies. One of my favorite things about working with people in their digestion is that there is no one answer. All of our bodies have these unique needs and unique sensitivities and unique uh, deficiencies and these unique strengths. 
all of our bodies are a little bit different. There is no one diet for everyone. So I can give, and I do love to give like some general guidelines, but then it's an exploration. It's an exploration into what does your unique body need? And, and it's, it's a really incredible journey and like developing this relationship with ourselves and our body is, it's a, one of my favorite things to do. What happens for me when I have a flare up? So I've been living with digestive trouble since I was two years old. And so I feel extremely experienced in this realm. And I know flare-ups like I know the back of my hand. And so for me, what happens when I have a flare-up and then when I have to figure out how to rebalance my body, but for me, a flare-up, I feel, and I want to preface this by saying that I am one of the most sensitive people that I know. I have, for better, for worse, I have an incredible sensitivity to my body. I can feel my organs and I can feel all kinds of things that I talk to other people and they are like, what are you talking about, lady? But what, when I feel my body, and I've learned to be able to notice the pre-signs of inflammation and before I get into like a full-blown flare-up. Flare up. So... What I notice is I notice that my skin gets a little hot. I can even see sometimes a little bit of redness in my face. I think you guys have maybe even noticed it on my videos. I have a little bit of redness sometimes. I can feel my pee gets a little acidic and also my poop gets a little acidic. The changes kind of like temperatures and acidity. I also feel like whenever I eat something that my intestines don't feel, I get some bloating, which is what majority of my clients come to one of their main complaints is bloating and so bloating is a couple things it's like a backup of food in your belly but it's also an inflammatory response to foods so when inflammation happens if you go back to the medical term inflammation is heat pain swelling so it's actually the intestines being a little bit swollen and sensitive and inflamed from what's inside so yeah, those are the things that I notice when I have inflammation in my body and how I um, adjust my diet and adjust my water intake and adjust things to help my body get back into balance. And then there are these wonderfully frustrating moments for me in the past and also my clients where the diet is perfect, where you're eating everything, you're not eating anything that's supposed to bother your system, and then you still have a flare-up. And what happens here is stress, stress levels, emotional stress, psychological stress. And when you look at inflammation and when you look at digestive troubles, on the list of things to help you with your digestive troubles and your inflammation is lower stress levels. But how, right? How? How do we lower our stress levels? So I'm gonna talk about two different ways that stress comes into our life. So stress is an emotion. First, we're gonna talk purely about the emotion. So stress is something that happens in our body. It's an emotional response to a thought that we have. So when we think things like, I can't handle this, I have too much to do, 
I have to do this, I should do this. When we think thoughts like this, when we're looking at our world and our life and our day with these type of thoughts, they create stress. And in this form, stress is an indulgent emotion. And an indulgent emotion is an emotion that seems really important, but is actually really useful. Use, not useful, useless. So it goes in the category with like overwhelm and worry and even confusion. There's a couple more, but they're called indulgent emotions. And we, our brain likes to really hang out there and it's really easy to get stuck spinning in these emotions, but they don't get us anywhere. They get us losing sleep in the middle of the night. They get us losing our appetite. They get us in a really kind of tense and even disconnected sense in our body, we get this level of stress. So it's like you're worrying and you're thinking about the future and you're trying to figure things out and your brain is like working really hard and it's dwelling on whatever it is, whatever topic it is that you're stressing out about and you're just generating all of this physical stress in your body. We're just feeling this like heightened level of tension and stress and it comes from an unmanaged brain, it, lets, it comes from letting your brain go wild, it's, and our brain has the best intention. Our primal brain, it's emotional driven, and it is trying to help us survive. It's doing its best to make sure that we survive. And so one of the things that it does is it looks for all the problems, it looks for everything negative, it looks for anything that might go wrong, and it's like sending us warning signals and it's figuring things out and pushing us and pushing us. And so if we leave it unmanaged and we just let it keep going there and keep worrying about the future and keep thinking about things that we can't really solve or that we can't really predict, if we just keep letting our brain go there, we start to live and generate in this state of stress. And sometimes it can be fleeting. Sometimes you can think about something about for an hour and you feel stressed for an hour. Sometimes it becomes chronic and you start thinking about it all the time and you just let your brain go there all the time. So the answer for dealing with stress that doctors, I hope one day doctors are able to teach this in their medical offices, but the emotion of stress comes from our thoughts, how we're thinking, how we're managing our brain or how we're not managing our brain. So the answer to managing stress levels internally is managing our brains, managing our minds being able to learn how to watch our thoughts and notice, oh, I'm going down this rabbit hole. I'm thinking about what's going to happen at the end of the year with our finances. And I'm just, my brain is just going there and I'm feeling stressed and the ability to step back and say, okay, wait a minute, this isn't useful for me. I am creating stress for myself by letting my brain go there. I'm going to redirect my brain and choose to think a different way about this situation that doesn't cause stress for me. So this is a little bit of a, what it's like to learn how to manage your brain away from indulgent emotions that cause stress. Okay. So that's indulgent emotions and stress. The second part of stress that everybody that I know runs into, practically everybody, 
is this chronic problem that we have about not knowing how to feel our emotions. So let me clarify. Overwhelm, anxiety, and stress, they're indulgent emotions and they're not really worthy of feeling. Like the trick here is noticing our mind and steering our mind away from thoughts that create these emotions. But there are other emotions, there are other negative emotions like anger and sadness that are really worthy emotions and that we need to process and feel. It's a part of the human experience. Life is 50-50, 50% negative, 50% positive. And when we do not feel our negative emotions, when we try to avoid, resist, suppress our negative emotions, what happens is we build up the emotions in our nervous system, in our bodies, that become a type of stress. So this is, I think, the most chronic issue that we have in our digestive troubles is the not is the lack of ability to feel our feelings. So what does look what does feeling our feelings look like? So I personally have been avoiding feeling sadness. I've been feeling sad about my inability to see my friends and really connect with them. And I'm feeling really kind of like emotionally starved in that form of connection. And I, instead of feeling these emotions, I have been really indulging in busyness and avoiding feeling my sadness. And so as I, the last few months have been avoiding feeling my sadness, what happens is I start to kind of disconnect from myself because there's this emotion, there's this sadness that's hanging around. And as I talk about it, I can feel like some heaviness in my chest and some tightness, I can feel this sadness. But as I turn away from myself and I turn away from my emotion, it kind of just gets stored here. It doesn't actually go away, it just gets stored here. And then I'm like directing my energy into busyness, into keeping myself busy, and it's a form of distracting and avoiding my emotion. And so what happens is I kind of like split myself. I, I stop sitting, you know, fully in myself. I stop really having a more sensitive perception of my, my body and my feelings and my, and my experience, and I kind of start to split myself. And this split, is detrimental. The split is a form of stress in our systems because I stop kind of listening to myself. I'm kind of like trying to tune something out and I am focusing, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of engaging in this like busyness that isn't really productive. I like to think it's productive and I like to think that I'm getting a lot done, but I'm doing stuff from this kind of like weird frantic energy. And so this avoidance of emotions creates and doing it chronically doing it for months on end like I've been doing it it creates this level of stress in my nervous system and at some point I will have to process this emotion and what we've done in our culture is that we've become really really good at not feeling our feelings we become really good at distracting and avoiding and suppressing our feelings 
it's what we're taught how to do. It's what we're taught by our parents, by our culture. It's eat this food, buy this thing, drink this alcohol, do all of these things externally to help you solve your emotional, your feelings instead of feeling our feelings, instead of learning how to feel and process and embody our emotions. Let them come, let them happen. They happen all the time. Let them happen. Allow them to move through our body so that our energetic system, so our nervous system gets cleaned and cleared out so that we're not holding and carrying around all of these emotions, all of these, the sadness, the anger, the disappointment, all of the worthy emotions that are part of the human experience and we need to feel. We cannot get rid of them. It's, it's feel them now or feel them later. And when you feel them later, we carry them around in our systems. Okay, so small recap. Emotional stress. Emotional stress happens two ways. It happens from thinking thoughts that cause stress and it comes from avoiding our emotions and building up emotions in our energetic system. So these are the two big things that we all need to know about stress. It's honestly maybe my favorite part of my program. I love this stuff so much. It's really enlightening and liberating and to understand how we work, to understand how our thoughts affect our reality and to understand where we have impact and what choices we have and how we can actually manage our brain. Ah, it's the best stuff ever. <laughs> I'm totally hooked. And I hope you get hooked too because it's just to have this agency and power in our life is like, it's really, really special stuff. Okay, so that is inflammation. That is inflammation from man-made products, from man-made foods. I'm gonna give you a little reminder. Sugar, flour, alcohol, processed meats, trans fats. And I'm for sure gonna come back to trans fats. So these are the five big foods that cause inflammation. And then we went over the anti-inflammatory diet. Look up Mediterranean, it's the easiest thing. Or go to my blog, I also have it there on my blog. And then we talked about emotions and we talked about emotional stress. And I hope that you feel like you have the key to the universe because I feel like I have the key to the universe. At least I have the key to my own universe and the key to my client's universe and the key to your universe understanding how we work this incredible human algorithm. That was awesome. I love this stuff so much and I hope you have a fabulous day. I hope you look at your food different. I hope you look differently. I hope you look at your emotions and I hope that you learn how to watch your thoughts. It's the coolest stuff ever. Okay, that was a lot. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and come back soon. Thank you.